down sometimes. I want to talk about repudiation. Repudiation. Denying. Denying things. Because today we're going to, it's finally time to kind of start chatting about Africa a little bit. And, um, and this was actually inspired by, um, actually jumped into Millie's show yesterday. Uh, as I was tidying up to get going, and she was showing that video of Bill Gates in Africa talking about overpopulation. We really need to talk about that because we got to put things in perspective. Repudiation, a denial of truth or validity of something. Well, in the IT world, hmm? There's something called pain. Ah, it's not what you think. It's not hurting, but it kind of is. Stands for privacy. Authenticity. Well, integrity and non-repudiation. That's basically it. What is non-repudiation when we're talking about computers? means that you can't deny the truth. You can track who accessed the system. You can track who sent an email. Timestamps, IP addresses, where requests came from. It's digital information that you cannot, that you cannot refute. Hmm, I see. Well, I thought I'd start today's show with a bit of repudiation. Well, non-repudiation. You know, the more, more and more and more, Chris, I don't agree with everything he says. Because, you know, he, he does have to march the specific beat. But, you know, I mean, when are you going to see it? Does it need to hit you in the face? Do you need someone to roll out a red carpet? Well, that's what a lot of people are looking at. You know, yesterday they accidentally posted, oh, it's not going to be Joe Biden's name on the check. It's going to be President Trump's. Well, his name is on the checks, but someone else is signing them. We talked about that days ago, but suddenly it's news. Oh, let me guess. I'm just really good at searching shit. See, that's the thing. You can repudiate all you want. But it is what it is what it is. And that's fact. 
100% fact. I mean, here's some facts. Make what you will of them. Jen, welcome everybody here to the Chris Salcedo Show on Newsmax TV. Our nation continues to endure unprecedented attack from left-wing extremists in our culture and government. Many people are distressed about the crippling debt, the lawless behavior, and the in-your-face corruption that is being regarded as normal by the biased press and their allies in the Socialist Democrat Party. But questions are being raised by conservatives about the occupier of the Oval Office, a man who is allegedly running the country in the same manner that he ran for president from the basement. If it ain't Joe, who's running the show? That's the question we ask in tonight's preamble. It's clear to even the casual observer that Joe Biden isn't in charge of the breathtaking lurch left our nation has been forced to endure. Now I'm just going to point something out. I already told you who's in charge. Now, Obama, Obama. But that person was also around during Obama's regime. Also around during Bush. Also around during Clinton. I've already mentioned that person. No need to circle back. <laughs> These past seven weeks, we had clear signals, however, of Mr. Biden's challenges before his occupation of the Oval Office and immediately after he took office. For Secretary of Health and Education, I nominated Javier Bacaria. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with, uh, I don't know, uh, it's just inability to focus on any federal responsibility just since the outbreak has taken more than 100 years look here's the lives it's just it's i mean think about the only way to spare more pain and more loss the only way these millstones no longer mark our national morning these milestones i should say no no longer mark our national morning more recently, Mr. Biden couldn't remember the name of his very own defense secretary. I just want to thank you both. And I want to thank the, the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general. But my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we just talked about. Again, I'm going to say this again. Those two women generals that are going into combat and have to take orders from him, even for the eyes, even for optics, they should speak up. Because if they don't speak up to say, this dude can't tie his shoe, this dude is not really in control, he's not really giving instructions, and they have just violated their oath by taking instructions from someone else other than the President of the United States. So this is a big concern for me, and I question their ability to take on those positions. It is disgusting to think that they will not question or make statement on what is really going on there. They took an oath. Remember your oath. Remember your oath. It is a betrayal to everyone. And for recommending these two women for promotion. Yeah, that guy over there. I, I think it's important to note that whenever the Democrats, you know, they get caught in trying to pull a fast one on the American people, they usually double down or triple down on the lie. Look at Governor COVID Cuomo and the thousands of deaths he caused in New York's nursing homes. 
Look at Barack Hussein Obama and his myriad lies about Obama. Oh, he said about it. Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. In typical left-wing fashion, the Democrat socialists who run the White House and Joe Biden's life decide they'll just lie to us all and keep Biden from confirming what we already know. Did you guys hear how they were talking to the press? They sounded like cattle bosses wrangling the cattle, right? Yeah, come on, press. Come on, press. You look, get along, little doggy. Yeah, you know, the sad thing, the lemmings in the press, they just go, okay, whatever you say. Not wanting to embarrass their political party, the Democrats. That's not even the most bothersome thing. He looked so confused. So confused. That is insane. Purely insane. This is insanity on a red carpet with all the neon lights. With Kamala Harris foaming at the mouth behind him. It's not going to happen. This dynamic has led to some to ask, you know, what does the press actually do when there are socialist administrations? Folks like my pal Dana Lash. I wish that the media talked as much about the civil war that is on the left as they try to pick apart the right. Because where are Democrats going? I mean, who's driving this ship? Who's in charge of the Democrat Party? Because apparently it's not Joe Biden. And even if it was, I don't think that we would know because we actually can't hear from him. That's right. That's right. We can't hear from him. Biden set a record for most days that a newly minted occupier of the Oval Office actually has gone without holding a press conference. Apparently, he needs time to prepare. Now, compare Biden's lack of responsiveness to a passive press with President Trump. President Trump was more available to the press, too much so, in my opinion, than Biden or Obama. But to Joe Biden, I say this. What are you afraid of, pal? Come on, man. Nobody in the biased press will dare ask you anything of substance or anything that is considered challenging. Look at what they ask your spokesperson. I'm curious um, because I'm a huge fan of rescue dogs. Did Ma is Major still there? There's a report that he left. And did he bite somebody? Does Major bite? <laughs> I, I don't have any uh, I don't have any specifics. I don't have any updates for you, Mika, on on the reports about about an incident. But what I can tell you as a dog lover, I know you are, is that Major and um, Champ are part of the Biden's family. Uh, they're members of the family. Oh, thank God. Thank thank God. Soaring health care costs, the China virus, massive debt, high unemployment, rising energy prices and a full blown humanitarian crisis at the border. And the really important issues surround Major. Biden's dog, an alleged biting incident. You know, I guess I should count my blessings. It, it could have been another vapid question about the plight of the millionaire Duke and Duchess of Sussex. If the socialists at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue want to let Joe and Dr. Jill Biden play White House, I'd almost be inclined to let them. But sadly, someone in that executive branch is using Biden's name and authority to do some real and lasting damage to my country. And that's why I think Who we is need to it? put a face to our nation's pain. Who is hey. it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it?
Who is the one doing this? Do you know the Democrats claim that they want equality? They talk to people of color, which, by the way, I was a victim of racial profiling yesterday because I, 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 I'm not too dark. I guess I should tan more so I can so I can get a leg up and have some, you know, concessions. Right. But they 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 claim all of these things that they want equality. When you put equality or your aim for equality over freedom, you get nothing. You get no equality and no freedom. But if you put freedom first, you get all those things. That's how it is. Simple math, pretty spells it out, done deal. Now, a lot of people are so distraught with everything we're seeing in the news. These changes, these predictions, these um, movements toward a very totalitarian, blatant totalitarian Chinese uh, occupation. We must understand that the reason we're in this mess is because people don't really want freedom. What? What? Yeah, they don't. Being free takes a lot of work. I mean, they really don't want it. It has a lot of responsibility. And you know what the problem is? People just don't like responsibility. That's key. We have to understand that this responsibility isn't a burden. This is why I keep saying freedom doesn't belong to anybody except for those that are willing to fight for it. It doesn't belong to you who is unwilling to fight for it. It doesn't belong to you if you don't take the responsibility for it. If you're not responsible with it. Now, a lot of people are losing faith in good. A lot of people question, you know, is this it? Are we just done? Because the way we're going, we're, we're almost done. And yesterday, uh, when I had, uh, when I used stereo and I was just talking with people, I, I remembered one of the most amazing skits I had ever seen in regards to God. I think I've played this before. It's one of my favorite skits because of so much truth that's in there and the sarcasm and how someone may be like, oh my gosh, I'm a Christian, I'm offended. Pay attention to what he's saying. Because there's so many people that want to understand things like predictive analytics, quantum, fourth dimensions, you know, stuff that people call granola munching. I'm going to tell you right now. You cannot, you cannot fathom another dimension because you can't think like that. It's beyond you. And he actually says it in a very sarcastic way by saying, oh, I'm almighty, whatever. But it is true. You are unable to fathom anything that is outside of your construct of reality. It's a hundred percent on that one. And even people that are supposedly doing things for good tend to screw up. 
someone had posted this video from some person who was having a conversation about God. And I want you guys to hear it. I just want you to hear it. No visual, because we do get distracted sometimes. I want you to just hear it. Which I want you to fill in the story of the rest of the uh, beginning of the universe. God, spiritual matter, impact on material matter. Okay, so two questions. All right. Go ahead. All right, your question, where did God come from, assumes that you're thinking of the wrong, uh, obviously it displays that you're thinking of the wrong God, because the God of the Bible is not affected by time, space, or matter. If he's, if he's affected by time, space, or matter, he's not God. Time, space, and matter is what we call a continuum. All of them have to come into existence at the same instant, because if there were matter but no space, where would you put it? If there were matter and space but no time, when would you put it? You cannot have time, space, or matter independently. They have to come into existence simultaneously. The Bible answers that in ten words. In the beginning, there's time. God created the heaven, there's space, and the earth, there's matter. So you have time, space, matter created, a trinity of trinities there. Just, you know, time is past, present, future. Space has length, width, height. Matter has solid, liquid, gas. You have a trinity of trinities created instantaneously, and the God who created them has to be outside of them. If he's limited by time, he's not God. The guy who created this computer is not in the computer. He's not running around in there changing the numbers on the screen, okay? The God who created this universe is outside of the universe. He's above it, beyond it, in it, through it. He's, he's unaffected by it. So for, and the, I, the concept that a, a spiritual uh, force cannot have any effect on a material body well, then I guess you'd have to explain to me things like emotions and love and hatred and envy and jealousy and, and rationality. I mean, if your brain is just a random collection of chemicals that formed by chance over billions of years, how on earth can you trust your own reasoning processes and the thoughts that you, you think? Okay, so um, I, your, your question, where did God come from, is assuming a limited God. And that's your problem. The God that I worship is not limited by time, space, or matter. If I could fit the infinite God in my three-pound brain, he would not be worth worshiping. That's for certain. So that's the God that I worship. Thank you. Hmm. Interesting. So we can't fathom it. So I thought we'd look at it from humor. This is one of my favorite skits of Ricky Gervais. One of my favorite skits ever. It's quite important you listen to the words he uses. It's actually quite fascinating the way he brings it on. Um, and it's only in the end, you know, in the end couple of minutes where um, he does it. But he introduces the Bible through Darwinism. Take a listen. Because I want this uh, show to be uh, educational and thought-provoking and not just a bit of stand-up, I will, of course, be touching on the most violent and destructive animal on the planet. The giant gorilla, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Oh. oh, look at him. Uh, so, some people think the most violent and destructive animal on the planet is man. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> look at him. That would rip a man to pieces. Think, look. Uh, look at the size of him. They're buildings. God, no man would... The worst, most prolific mass murderer would, uh, what's, Dr. Harold Shipman wouldn't be able to, he would not, how would he get that in an armchair when its kids were out? It wouldn't, <laughs> it couldn't, it couldn't. Ah, fuck off, fuck off. Worst dictators in the world, who's killed the 
Pol Pot, he's, he's killed him, actually. 100,000, you know Pol Pot is a bloke in charge of Cambodia. Um, he killed 100,000 people. He shit himself if he saw that. So, <laughs> this is absolutely true. He, he, he rounded up anyone he thought was intellectual and had them executed. Absolutely true, 100,000 of them. And how he told whether someone was intellectual or not was whether they wore glasses. If they're that clever, take them off when they see him coming. <laughs> Don't they're thick! Don't they're thick! They're like, mm, yeah, well, kick it up, look out, here comes Pol Pot. All right? <laughs> yeah, 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 not too bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh? yeah, oh, yeah, love it, is it? Then we're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, see that? Yeah, see that? That's. I could solve the world's problems if I cared. Oh. <laughs> Not all gorillas are that big, obviously. That's, but they're still pretty big. You see a mountain gorilla up close in the zoo or, you know, in the wild, kill it before it kills. No, I'm joking. They're very, <laughs> they're very passive. They're honestly very passive. Totally vegetarian. Um, unlike some great apps like chimps and bonobos, they get a bloodlust. They're hunter monkey. A gorilla will only ever eat vegetation. It will never attack unless provoked. And um, this was illustrated quite well a few years ago. Do you remember when that uh, little toddler fell in the gorilla enclosure at the zoo? Uh, it was about three, Harambe. and uh, he fell down, and he um, knocked himself unconscious. And this big silverback, his name was Jambo, just started walking towards him. And the people he was with, and the people at the zoo, they were going spare, they were screaming, they didn't know what to do, they were at their wits end. They filmed it. <laughs> didn't completely lose the plot. They probably figured if we lose him, we make 250 quid. See, his humor is perfect. He said, oh, everybody lost their mind. They were freaking out, but they were all filming it. What have I said of bystanders? <laughs> I mean, insurance, not a complete disaster. <laughs> Send it to that Jerry Biddle, that big one off Emma, also named Ermin Trude. Um, and uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's that. But the, um, the, the mountain gorilla came and sat with him, just looked after him until the, the authorities got in, shooed him away. And it was fine. The kid was absolutely fine. And uh, they didn't send it off. But it was fine. It was a happy ending. And that's fairly typical. I was watching that with my nan. And she was getting on a bit then. Mm. And, uh, well, <laughs> she's dead now, but... Mm. And, uh, it's true. She said, she said, look at that. He was lucky. Because usually they gobble them straight up. <laughs> usually. How many kids has she been thrown to the villas in her time? She also said, right, uh, she's dead now, but she was on the way then. And, um, <laughs> uh, the neck up. But uh, she, uh, do you remember the Strange Ways riots about 10 years ago? And the prisoners were up on the roof for about three days, and the guards and police couldn't do anything. They were, just, uh, they were ripping the place to pieces, uh, putting the tiles off, and they were just throwing it down for about three days. She went, look at them. They should be locked. <laughs> Very rare, luckily, giant gorilla. Um, no, uh, one official sighting, New York, 1930s. Um, <laughs> made the news because it grabbed a starlet at the time, Faye Ray. She's, she's pretty big. <laughs> I used to uh, think we evolved from apes. Um, Darwin's theory of evolution through natural selection seemed pretty watertight. But in, in doing research for this show, um, I came across a theory 
um, that deviates from Darwin's, and, and I believe that. It's, I just found it in a dusty old book in a, in a library. It's called The Bible. <laughs> and uh, Darwin was wrong. Um, we didn't evolve. God made us. Um, so I just want to explain to you exactly how that happened. Okay. The first book of Moses, commonly called Genesis. Start at the beginning. Um, fairly big book, but... <laughs> Friday, innit? <laughs> Lock the doors. So for me, just that statement, the, yeah, you know, it's, it's Friday, lock the doors, meaning nobody wants to hear it. And while everyone is laughing, you know, some people that may be Christian are offended, right? But he's spitting some real truth here. Regardless of the humor and the timing, he's pushing it just like he did, you know, with the starlets. Okay. It took me four years to get this platform, now they listen. <laughs> just think if I'd have blown it, just going door to door. Right, okay. See what he said? People go door to door, it took me four years to get this platform. You see, now he could tell you what he wants to tell you. Um, some of the things you, you, you're here um, do sound a little bit far-fetched, I admit that. I thought it was, but um, then I found out that the other name for the Bible is the Gospel, so it is all true. So, <laughs> luckily, clue is in the title. Okay. Come on, come on. It's the Bible. Okay. Chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It doesn't go into detail. Um, <laughs> He doesn't need to explain to you. You probably understand it because he's got a massive brain. Yours is little, and, he, and you go, "What?" He goes, "Don't what? Just trust me. I, I did." Um, and also, if he explained it to you, it would like ruin the enigma. Do you know what I mean? You go, "That's amazing." He just says, "It's a trick," and you go, "Oh." So it's like seeing. You know, it's like David Blaine did something, and you go, oh, "That is real magic." And you go, "No, I'm just standing on one leg and lifting the other up." <laughs> Easy. So. Keeps his cards very close to his chest, God. Good luck. Good luck for him. He can do what he wants. He can do anything, so he can do what he wants. Okay, here we go. In the beginning, God created the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Bit dark, he sorted that out. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Huh? Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> eh? Oh, come on. That's amazing. He just made, he made light up. Just, it was dark. There was nothing before. It's not like he saw someone on holiday and went, that'll be good back on Earth. He made it up. Do you not, you're, it, he invented, there was no, there was nothing to go by. It wasn't like there was twilight and he went, let's have that a little bit brighter. He, <laughs> he just went, let there be light. And, there were, and at the speed of light, he didn't go, let there be light. Come on, I'm busy. It's the first day. I've got a lot to do. I've only got seven days. It just, do you know what I mean? He, and he probably didn't have to say it. He did say it, but he could have gone, mm, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> What is amazing? What are you? Free your minds. Listen, right? Okay. So he did the light, invented it, which means that he created the heaven and the earth in the dark. <laughs> How good is that? 
I'd have gone, right, let's have a little bit of light on this match. Let's see what we're doing. Right. <laughs> I need some planets. Um... So that pretty much explains how you can't really think of God in the sense that you want to. That's basically it. You can't. See, he put it out there. It was super funny to listen to. And those that were actually listening to his words could see what he was saying. You can tell people the truth by being funny. Have you seen the work he's done? Like his movies, the things that he directs? It's pretty good. And in essence, let there be light. That is everything. Everything is bathed in light. Everything. There is nothing that can stay in the dark. There is nothing. So before we uh, shift gears into where I want to go, I want you guys to think about that for a second. When we say in God we trust, you're trusting someone that's outside of your ability to fathom the power they have. And like he said, he created the heavens and the earth and everything in the dark. I know this is going to sound... <laughs> really, really pessimistic. But everyone seems to think that they are free. And like I said, on paper you are, but you're really not. No one is more enslaved than a person that believes they're free. And the, and the reason is, is because everyone is thinking the same. And when you think the same, that actually means you're not thinking. That's fact. Now, I want to take you on a trip. We're going to visit Africa because it's important. And I'm going to show you an interview from 1991. I want you to listen carefully to what's said. Forbes has officially decreed that Seattle's Bill Gates, with $4.2 billion, is the second richest person in the country. Of course, we turned to him, hoping to learn some secrets of his meteoric success. I used to stay at work until uh, 11 or 12, then go home and read a oh, while. Wow. That's 11 or 12 p.m. As he showed me the main Microsoft campus, Bill confessed that he's a workaholic. He puts in hours even on weekends. I only let them schedule meetings on uh, Saturday, generally. Steve and I are totally hardcore that this is going into Windows as fast as possible. Like most of us, Bill says that he escapes the office about once a year. But that's where the similarities end. I spend at least a week a year where I go off and just read uh, people's PhD theses and new things that are going on in the field. Bill believes a prime ingredient of his success was his early fascination with computers. You have to understand, when you spend your time thinking intensely about a field you know, from a very young age, uh, which in my case is, uh, you know, I was 13 or 14 when I started to get involved. Uh, that's where you can do great things, is because your mind has really gotten into it. You you understand it. Another ingredient to his fairy tale success story is Gates's belief in himself. He admits to buying stocks other than Microsoft, mostly biotech issues, but that's a very small part of his portfolio. As a percentage of my assets, you know, 99% of my assets are. Uh, the stock I own in, in Microsoft. 
Now Gates does allow himself some creature comforts. He's in the midst of constructing a $10 million home. And Gates also squeezes in other haunts as well. I've got a house in the lake. I can uh, go water skiing. I can swim. He looks so play creepy. tennis. Uh, got a beach place out at Hood Canal that I can take a seaplane out to from time to time. As for someone to share his multi-million dollar love nest, yes, the second wealthiest person in the country is looking at his schedule and planning to squeeze in a romantic partnership. Uh, when you take a 10-year time frame, it's fair to say I, I think it's, it's a good chance, very good chance I'd be married by then. Maybe, uh, by then I'd probably be having a kid or two, sure. He looks so creepy. And his face, I just want to say, his face, remind you of that creepy person. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this comedian that I'm going to play. And I know a lot of you are listening to this on the podcast. So I'll tell you where you can find it. But this, when when you see Bill Gates at a younger age, this is a skit that I think of every single time. Uh, This is from 13 years ago from a guy named um, John LaJoey. Um, He is by far one of my favorite visual comedians. He created a commercial that suits Bill Gates to the T. To the T. No joke. So as my computer decides to work, here we go. You guys are going to laugh with this one if you haven't seen it. I hope you enjoy. Are you fed up of looking like a regular law-abiding citizen? Need to add a little bad boy to your style? A little bit of dangerous? Try rapist glasses. They make the everyday man look like a sexual predator. Ladies love the bad boy look, and you can't get much worse than a rapist. And remember, you don't have to be a rapist to want to look like one. Rapist glasses. Buy yours today. So, I thought I'd share that with you. That's one of my favorite skits ever. Um, it is insane. You know, even my, uh, you know, all my really close friends... You know, when there's someone that wears glasses like that, I've shown it to them. So sharing. I love his stuff. It's like, damn, rapist glasses. Or he has an advertisement for like, you know, a pedo van or, you know, how you can dress to be like super dangerous, like sexual predator. Uh, so um, he's he's quite fascinating uh, in the way he puts it. And did you see how he intertwined politics? That was super badass, right? So. Um, and for those of you, again, uh, you know, you can look him up. It's pretty great. Now we're going to move on to the next topic. So we're re- refilling our coffee cups right now. Um, jumping over to the second hour uh, a little bit early because it's going to take a while because I want to take you on a canvas topic we're going to talk about. So get that coffee. And this is going to be a short intermission.
hear the drums echoing tonight, but she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. She's coming in twelve thirty-five. Moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. I stopped to know them along the way. Hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient melodies. He turned to me as if to say, "Hurry, boy, it's wonderful for you. It's gonna take a lot to take me away from you." There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. I bless the rains down in Africa. Gonna take some time to do the things we never had. Wild bugs cry out in the night as they grow restless, running for some solitary company. I know that I must do what's right, as sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. I seek to cure what's deep inside. Write it off this thing that I've become. It's gonna take a lot to rip me away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could unless the rains down in Africa. Gotta take some time to do the things we never had.
awesome is she, right? She did that. That's awesome, right? She is incredible. So we're going to talk about Africa. It's time. But I'm going to tell you um, the beginning of, okay, I'm almost done with it. The one that I'm bringing up, you know, I know I have to wait till the 12th. I'm a little bit impatient, but I got the title and I put my acronym. I knew it was time to do this, right? But guess what the lawsuit against the state of Ohio is? That they violated pain. 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 That's how you secure test shit. Did you know that? Privacy, authentication, integrity, and non-repudiation. Pain. And that is the acronym my lawsuit against the state of Ohio will have. That they, I'm bringing in the pain. Because there is no privacy, right? Once I get, once I get that escrow, privacy, authentication, integrity, and non-repudiation that are necessary for security and security testing. Ha. Have not been upheld. Those are the attributes of authenticating and ensuring that what is happening when you drop those votes in Dominion in that trap door, abide by that, that there is privacy, that there is authentication, that there is integrity, and oops, non-repudiation. Hey. And as I was writing it, I was like, oh, isn't this interesting? It's like I wanted to put like a watermark of the Punisher logo just to kind of bring it all together, right? Because those are the core attributes. And unfortunately, the frog that is found within the trap door cannot ensure that pain is adhered to. Therefore, let's bring it on because your escrow. The whole job of the escrow, the old job of the escrow is to ensure pain. And it did not fly. So I just wanted to tell you guys that because I was like so excited this morning when I pulled it up and I was like, all right, so this is ready. I need to put that out of sight, out of mind. I've got this done. So on March 12th, he has to respond. He hasn't responded. Ha, huh, it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The next week, I get the attorney and I'm like, all right, here we go. He didn't respond because I have to wait. Because what if he sends me something? What if he sends me the escrow, which I highly doubt? Because if he wanted to send me the escrow agreement, he already would have done it. He wouldn't make me wait 30 days to get a document that's sitting on his drive, highly redacted. You see, that's how you get shit done. You know when it's time to get shit done. You got to be patient. Again, just like they delayed the Civil War in the early 2000s by bringing on 9-11. Great job, Comey and Mueller. Great job. They can't delay this anymore. You've exhausted all options. You're done. Everyone is seeing it now. Prove to me that you ensured secure elections. You did not. Pain did not occur. You cannot prove it. No privacy, no authenticity, no integrity, and definitely non-repudiation. Mm -mm 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 -mm. 
So I just wanted to throw that out there so you guys know how excited I am. Now we're going to talk about Africa. But before we jump into the things that we do know, I'm going to tell you about the things that you kind of know but don't really know, and you really need to know it. I've said it many times before. The history you know, right, is because someone told you. The pictures of the planet you see is because someone told you. A lot of people don't even ask questions. Yo, if this map is legit, then why can't I fly from Brazil directly to the west coast of Africa? Why do I have to go north to the U.S., over London, down through Europe to get to, you know, the west of Africa? I don't understand. Well, maybe you'll understand what they're concealing. But you're going to be like, no one's concealing anything. First of all, Africa is a continent, okay? It's not a country. It's a continent. And another thing is, is that people don't understand the massive size of this continent. Massive. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I've said in, you know, <clears throat> in uh, 2012, when I ventured my family west for research, I also had another thing in mind. I started to follow and see at that point in 2012, that there was a lot of movement in South Africa. There was this whole white racial disparity, killing people. We want this power. So there, racism is flipped. If you're white, you're a minority, and they kill you in tough noogies because the white man had suppressed them, right? But what I saw was is that the UN and um, Interpol were shifting their headquarters. So they were moving their headquarters to South Africa. And then I saw Schmidt, right? So we see this Lincoln Project clown in Edelman, and he's leading the way. And I'm like, damn, I need to get in that company and see what the hell is going on. Because guess what? Edelman, that Millie put in the whole PSYOP, the steel. Well, he runs the only private PR company that's global. Global. Private. Nobody owns shares. It's a close family business. And it's massive. So I pulled a couple strings, had a couple friends, set it up, and I got into the company. And I worked, I worked, but my job was to pay attention to South Africa. And lo and behold, the biggest PR firm, PSYOP firm of South Africa was owned by a guy. And I got to meet that guy face to face. Emailed him, talked to him, coordinated his travel, his arrival, chit, 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 chit. That's what's up. Now, who gave me that job? Nobody. I did. I worked for Edelman. I worked for them in 2013 from April, May until about January of 2014. I did. I had a job. Job. And thank God I got myself nicely fired so that way there's no messy stuff. But I was able to find out a lot of things. I did that. And I'm admitting it. But I worked. I was actually quite good at work. 
And it's okay. You know, when I needed to get fired from another, well, that was an assignment, but I needed to get fired from it overseas, right? Do you, do you guys know what I did? The people there loved me. I had access to everything. I was getting my job done so well, and I was having a lot of fun with it. I actually learned a lot of stuff about coffee masters because I was always at Starbucks. You know, no one ever pays attention to the project manager, office manager, secretaries, executives, assistants. Nobody pays attention, especially if you can play dumb real good. And um, I remember that one stint that I needed to get out of because it was getting hot only because people that I had seen before uh, had moved into the institutional investment division. And I was like, shit, they catch me, they see me, I'm, I'm screwed. They're going to put me out. Um, I went in there and I started ranting. I kid you not. This is like so funny. Like looking back on it, it's so hilarious. But I was like, you guys all hate me because I'm young. I wasn't even that young. I was like, I, I don't know, like 26, 27. You guys hate me because I'm young. This is ageism. And they were just like, what the hell? They didn't say anything. And I started, and they escorted me off the premises. There was no question on that. So it was like super perfect. It was so much fun. Um, it was super fun. <laughs> it's like I found what I had to say because no matter what I did, I, you know, I didn't want to not show up because that gets curious, right? I didn't want to not something. So, uh, you know, I didn't get anything. I didn't get, um, <laughs> I didn't get questioned. They were just like, ding. <laughs> so Africa, the dark continent, as they say, is very interesting. Very interesting. I was so excited to be able to see the guy face to face and learn more about him because then that way I can predict things a lot better, a lot better. And um, I think you guys, many of you may know this, but many of you may have your minds blown today because we need to, to look at facts, facts that are obfuscated throughout time and things that people aren't telling us. You have to think. Science has already told you that they found the first uh, uh, human derivative, uh, you know, and uh, mitochondrial DNA stemming from Africa. And the map that you see, you know, that the ones that they show us are more Western leaning. And, and, and I'll explain that in another clip because someone made it so nice. This isn't flat earthing. This is scale measurement and clear cut how things are. And I want you to, to, to pay attention to this. I want you first to realize the size and what a threat Africa is to the corporations. Hi, so I found this really neat image of Africa and it's a way of showing how large the continent really is. So on a lot of maps, you'll see Africa looking kind of tinier than it really should be, um, at least compared to when you look at it on a globe. And that just has to do with the challenges of getting things to appear right on a flat map. Now, the Earth is round, of course, and when you try to put things onto a flat map, they end up getting squished, especially towards the equator. And the equator runs right through Africa. So places like Africa will get shrunk down, kind of, I guess you could say, unfairly in size, while Places further to the north, like Greenland, or on some maps, you'll see. Okay, so he's making excuses as to why it's smaller, okay? Don't listen to him. 
it's purposeful. They know what they're doing. Antarctica, which is just which just looks massive when it runs all the way along the south edge of the map. These places are really way bigger than they actually should be. So here's how this image works. Now, behind the blue paint that you see in the outline of Africa, there are a lot of countries that will actually fill up the entire continent, countries that don't normally belong in Africa. So I'm going to erase them little by little, and we'll see what we can reveal. All right, so I'm going to start erasing this part. And can you guess which country this is? We have the United States of America. The United States of America is drawn to scale here, and it would fit right here in this part of Africa. And that kind of surprised me because I had no idea that the United States was about one fourth of the size or even one fifth of the size of Africa. It looks like on a normal map that it's about half the size. Let's keep on erasing and see what we find. Okay, let's erase along the southern part here. And yep, here's China. Yeah, China would fit in this entire bottom part of Africa with room left over for Japan to spare. And Japan isn't labeled, but it's the one right here in yellow. Okay, I see another country peeking out here. So let's erase that, and it's Italy. It's our boot-shaped friend. It looks like Italy is right where Egypt should be. And when we erase a little bit more, uh, there's all of Eastern Europe right there that would fit in this part of Africa. Let's erase a little bit more. And here's India. India would fit right where the Horn of Africa is. Now let's see what Madagascar is hiding. And it is the United Kingdom or England. The entire island of Madagascar is about the same size as England. Okay, let's see what the north of Africa is hiding here. You have Germany, then France, and Spain all together. So wow, Africa can hold a lot of countries. It's the second largest continent in the world after all, and the first largest is Asia. And that's just by its size, by the number of people that are in Africa. It actually also comes in second place. Just Wait, again, listen to what he says. By the number of people that are in Africa, it actually also comes in second place, just again, right behind Asia. So I just wanted to show you that. I think it's really cool. And I hope so that you how are many of as you, amazed. How many of you thought the United States, China, India, Japan, England, all of Eastern Europe, that means, you know, Ukraine, all those little countries that spinned off from the USSR, Italy, Germany, and Spain, and a little bit more. He, he forgot, you know, a little country here, which I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's uh, Belgium or Luxembourg. So he's got all these countries crammed into one continent. But when you look at a map, you're just like, mm, I don't know. So 
size is important. Remember when Dorsey was in Africa after Twitter was hacked, right? Nobody asked questions like, uh, what's going on here? Now, this isn't flat earth type thing. I want you guys to understand the immense scale and how movement throughout time has happened. And this is because, you know, this, this makes sense as to why certain travel is done in the way it's done. Certain flights are done in the way they're done. It's, it's quite important. And not only that, the economy and the testing ground. You know, it's like when I hear them talking about Black Lives Matter or Bill Gates funding it, I want to I pull my hair out. And I'm like, who believes this shit? Everything they have done to us in regards to, and us meaning everyone in the world except for Africa, vaccines, medications, programs, mind hacking have all been deployed on Africans first. In fact, the Africans know that there's a lot going on that a lot of people aren't talking about. The health organization, Gates Foundation, promote greater use of vaccine. This, in, this is from Voice of America News in 2011. I want you to hear this. This is from 2011. Vaccines, vaccines, vaccines. These people don't have running water in 2011. They don't have power in 2011. They don't have internet and cell phones. It's all messed up. I mean, they, there is, right? Because I'm going to show you in Africa, you don't see. I've been to Africa. I've seen Africa. I've seen the populated Africa. That is a huge threat. They do not want them connected. And there's a reason for that. International health organizations say vaccines save 2 million lives every year and could save twice that many if made more accessible to children in the developing world. Over the next 10 years, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Global Alliance on Vaccines and Immunization, known as Gavi, hope to immunize more of the world's children against basic infectious diseases and bring down the childhood death rate. To accelerate progress in vaccine development and delivery, the Gates Foundation has called for a new decade of vaccines. Nicole Bates is with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. If we accelerate our efforts in the areas of vaccine discovery, development and delivery, we can make those vaccines available to more people sooner. That means lives saved, healthier people and benefits beyond health. Major drug companies announced last week that they will provide life-saving vaccines at reduced prices in the world's least developed countries. All right, let's just stop. Now I want to take you to what's really going on. This is a report from 2012. This is a report where nations are actually having this discussion. I want you to pay attention. This isn't Bill and Melinda Gates. These are their own people talking about this. This is quite freaky. I want you to pay attention to what you're going to hear now. Maybe then you'll understand where this is all going. I look around me and there are houses everywhere, flats, maisonettes. This is Imaradaima Estate in Nairobi. Nairobi is one of the most densely populated regions in the country. Other regions have also been affected. Over the years, the sizes of land have been reducing. And this is because every year, one million Kenyans are born. Is this sustainable? 
That is the big question government is asking. Population explosion has been a problem to this country. Oparanya says the high birth rate, currently one of the highest in Africa, is making it difficult for his ministry to effectively plan the country's future. Tuwe na wale watoto ambao tunaweza kualisha, tunaweza kuwasome, na pia wawe watu wakubwa kufanya mamba yao. But are Kenyans ready to embrace smaller families? Mimi nilikuwa mazinana nilikubali kusawa watoto watatu. Nikuwa na watoto watatu sahi. Kwa hivyo lazima. Na usipo kubali utakucha kuona ni lazima kubali. Hata mimi nitasawa watoto nane ikiwa chini. Mama aziposawa nane, ngeza bibi ya bibi. Mama asawa watoto, watoto ni mepara kutoka kwa mungu. As long as uneza afford kualisha, kuavisha na kusustain all their needs, it's okay. But if uneza juu uneza leta mtoto kwa hii dunia tuwa teseke, family plan tafadhali. Culture is what many opponents of family planning cite as the reason to have big families. You have to consider the culture of the people and address them according to the culture of the people. Have four. Then it gives opportunity for the man to name his mother and his father and the woman also to name the like that. And the satisfaction of a man having a child uh, and satisfied in his family. Otherwise, if you just come and clump it, you'll find men having children outside. Kuzaa sana sio poa na hii uchumi imekuwa mbaya. Wawili watatu mwisho. Kenya's population stands at over 40 million according to the 2009 census. This is a five-fold increase from just over 8 million in 1960. Family planning however remains one of those touchy subjects which the government approaches with caution. But could a more radical position say the China way in the high population rate? And so Monday, Katie, and Saturday night. So the Kenyans themselves in 2012 were talking about population control. Kenyan TV actually coined the show Population Control. I want you to pay attention. Africa. Huh. Almost every disease, every crazy virus. I mean, Epstein, 15 years. <laughs> using Ethiopia as a place to investigate artificial intelligence. What? And so this is the video that prompted me that it was time. I listen when I get cues um, that we needed to talk about this. This is from 2010. Here's Bill Gates. Well, the Gateses on population rates. We were at one of these meetings yesterday. And I remember that a lady told you that she had had eight children mm. and four of them had died in childbirth mm. or shortly thereafter. But if all of them had survived, she'd have eight children. Mm. And what the developing world does not need is more children. Mm. And I think that was the biggest aha to Bill and me when we got into this work, because we asked ourselves, of course, the same hard-nosed question you'd ask, which is, If you get into this work and you start to save these children, will women just keep overpopulating the world? And thank goodness the converse is absolutely true. And so they don't do that because women say to themselves, they want two children to survive into adulthood. If she knows that two will survive into adulthood, she will naturally bring down her population. And so as soon as she starts to see that getting them vaccinated or keeping them alive during the birth, 
she won't have as many children. That's what we just heard from this group as well, that the older women had had more children, hoping more would survive, but the younger children, younger women are starting to plan for smaller families because they know they'll live. They, they all said they wanted three. Yeah, yeah. which is fantastic. That's what, that's what you want, yeah. And so if you understand that there's a high likelihood that your child is gonna survive, you believe they'll have fewer. Absolutely, and we're seeing that play out in all the population numbers across the globe. In fact, the population rates are coming down faster than had been predicted 10 years ago. Interesting, right? So depopulation, wait, it gets better. Now we're going to talk about, you know, the size and the map. It's, it's important that we, we understand how the map has been pushed. Because for some reason, we think that they can't sustain families with eight kids. They can. And you're going to see it. And we're going to, you know, take this ride together because it's actually very important that you pay attention. Now, this isn't a flat earth thing. Keep that in mind. All right. This is a curved map. We want to stick to what, what your reality construct states, right? So I want you to pay attention to how it's laid out, though, when you open it up. I mean, even our globe map is opened up, right? That's deceptive. Take a listen and watch. Welcome, friends. Today, topic of discussion is correct world map. If you've seen the map of the world, uh, here is the map of the world. Is uh, the true map of the world? No, it's not true. It's not correct, is it? This is not also. Mm. This is not also. This one is also. Let me like pause as he's showing you all these regular maps that we're looking at. But I want you to see the United States of America. Remember, it fit from where you see Chad down to Mali down here. It fit here. This is the size of the United States. Does it look like that? No. China fit like in all of it took South Africa all the way up here to the Congo, right? A little bit to the Congo. And it had, you know, Japan here. Doesn't look like that, does it? Right? doesn't then eastern europe which is all you know like this section right here fit over here right so think about it think of what they're telling you we had india fit in a little spot in africa again look at the maps they're incorrect is also no correct form of the world map is this no it is also not mm, it is also looking like a spherical world but uh, it is not technically, it is not also correct map. This is also a not correct map. And uh, this is also a not a correct map. And uh, this is also a spherical. And uh, we can shift to reject this map of the world. This is also false map. Country in the normal places uh, position, such as in Algeria, Congo, Libya, and when it put it over the higher latitude, the distortion of map we can see here. And again, uh, China compare that uh, there is some distortion in Africa when we. Okay, can you see? So Africa as a continent, the size is 30.2 million kilometers squared. China is only 9.4 million kilometers squares. Not even it's under a third of the size of the continent of Africa yet it looks bigger. You see, this is a PSYOP. Even your maps are PSYOPs because they're not laid out 
in size, appropriation, and location. I've talked about longitude, latitude. I told you, shit moves all the time. Pay attention. Compare that uh, there is some distortion. When we compare with Russia, with Africa, Russia is looking so bigger uh, in the size of when we put uh, this Antarctica over the Southern America, also this structure is uh, looking uh, in the next slide, when we compare with India, with the USA and China, then we can uh, see here, uh, here is the some true size of the map, but uh, with the influence of higher latitude, we can see some distortion. And we, when we... Uh, uh, Dang, someone's messing with my feed. Hold on, guys. Someone's messing with my feet. <laughs> Give me a second. See, I told you it'll be time to speak about Africa, and here's where we go. So where were we? We were right there where he's this Indian guy is making it out for you, and he's telling you, for those of you on um, podcast, he's comparing all these different maps, colorful ones, not colorful ones, different point of view, and he's pointing out how fake they are in regards to the proportions that they're putting together. Here it is. We can see here. And this is India, and we, when we uh, uh, going northward to take the country, um, the distortion in the form of area, we can see here. When we uh, come back, then area is um, decreased. When we move it around left and right, that there is no any distortion. Because of the same latitude, when in the same way, when we put uh, check of the USA left right, there is no distortion. But when it's moved upward or southward or southern hemisphere, then distortion is very high. It is. Uh, it is uh, here. We can see here the area of the. Um, country is the uh, same look like uh, but direction is not maintained side okay so i'm hopping over to where he's showing you what the correct correct map looks like was that his system distorted the size of objects depending on so as you can see this is the map that everyone agrees is correct when you can now see the sizes are completely disproportionate to their actual size not only that, you see that this is a globe that has been flattened out, right? But it's been flattened out wrong. Because if this was correct, I'd be able to fly from here to there. Why would I go this way, this way, this way, and this way? Makes no sense, right? But yet those are the flight patterns. And it doesn't mean that it's not round. I've already said it's not, it's, it's not what you think. And I'm not flat earthing here. I'm just showing you. Actual facts. These are undisputable, right? We know the area of the continent. We know the area of every nation. So how the heck does this even make sense? Their position um, relative to their equator. But of these uh, land masses like Antarctica and Greenland, they appear much larger than they are actually. Orthograph is an experimentally equal area. World map projection 
invented by Japanese architect Azumi Narukua in 1999. The map is made by equally dividing a spherical surface into 96 triangles, transferring it to a tetrahedron while maintaining area proportions. And unfortunately, so as you can see, he uh, took the, the sphere of the earth, this Japanese guy, to show an exact approximation of how it would be. So south of Africa, you would have Antarctica, as you can see it lately over here, right? Because it's a globe. He's he's still sticking with a globe. He made it a tetrahedron, a pyramid, and he opened it up so it could be to scale. This is an architect that put it together to scale, to scale of how it is, to scale. And this looks a lot more reasonable because India would fit there, the United States would fit there, right? China would fit there. Looks a lot more proportionate. This is what an architect did. He took the world map and used longitude, latitude, spherically, put the appropriations to scale by the size of what has been mapped out by cartographers, land surveyors, and this is an accurate depiction of how things came to be. So it's quite interesting. This is why uh, the Battle of the Falklands was crazy, right? Obviously, they would have went this way, right? But this, I've been to the Falklands, by the way. This is where the English had a war over these islands with Argentina. It's like, damn, man, even if it's like circle, circle, you know, you're going around, right? It's still far away. So this is the actual depiction of the size, right? The actual depiction of the size of Africa. And it's important, Africa, right? Now, we're going to go to Bill Gates on a one-minute clip talking about overpopulation. Again, you saw the size of the continent of Africa and their concern about overpopulation population. Even the Kenyans are concerned about overpopulation. It's like, but why? You got a shit ton of area. Why? It's all about optics. This, this is a very important question. I forgot to read the question. So the question is, how does solving global poverty prevent overpopulation? This, this is a very important question to get right because it was, it was absolutely key for me. When our foundation first started up, it was focused on reproductive health. That was the main thing we did because I thought, you know, population growth in poor countries is the biggest problem they face. You've got to help mothers who want to limit family size have the tools and education to do that. And I thought that's the only thing that really counts. Well, then... I came across articles that showed that the key thing you can do to reduce population growth is actually improve health. And that sounds paradoxical. You think, okay, better health means more kids, not less kids. Well, in fact, what parents are doing is they're, op they're trying to have two kids survive to adulthood to take care of them. And so the more disease burden there is, the more kids they have to have to have that high probability. So there's a perfect correlation that as you improve health, within a half generation, the population growth rate goes down. In fact, Hans Rosling uh, here at this conference 
in, in two of my favorite speeches actually showed that unbelievable correlation mm. that population growth has gone down. Today, where is there high population growth? It's in the places with the worst health conditions, northern Nigeria, northern India. And so the two problems go exactly hand in hand. Uh, if we improve health rapidly, we will get the peak population to be as much as a billion below the current expected peak. That is about 8.3 billion versus 9.3. Wow. 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 Now, let me take you to 2011 on vaccine trials in Gambia. This is from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, of course. Because, you know, they're going to show you all the good stuff. So take it with a grain of salt. Sambang Juara and her family live in Kirawan, a village on the north bank of the Gambia River. They are a family of griot storytellers. So she's talking about how her child died from an ammonia at, you know, uh, a month and 10 days. So she's saying how she carried the baby for nine months and then she watched her baby die helplessly because there was no protection. And she says... I regret that, and this is what pushes me. After her daughter died, she volunteered her other children to be part of a pneumonia vaccine trial with the Medical Research Council in the Gambia. So she vaccinated all her kids, and that makes her happy. Midway through the trial, Others in her village, who had agreed to be in the trial, began to drop out. So she went around to tell everyone, you know, I lost my child because it wasn't protected. You shouldn't drop out of the trial because everybody wanted to drop out of the trial. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, how much did she get paid? Wait, we're going to visit that. Still, they were not convinced. So Sambang wrote a song that she and the other griots in the village performed to tell the village how important the vaccine was. The griots performed the song all around the Upper River District of the Gambia. Families came and listened. The griot's efforts worked. Yeah, who paid for them to travel up and down the river? They don't even have running water. To go sing a song about how important it is to get your vaccine. Think about it. That's what you have to think about. This is what you have to think about. Who told them? Because, you know, population and all. We've got a problem with Africa because of the population. Well, let me show you Africa. A side of Africa that you don't see. And I've seen it. And yes, there are the rural areas where they have no running water. And my question always is, why? Why 
is it that for some reason, right, we have this misconception that, you know, you know, when you watch TV and they're like, feed a hungry child. Why do I have to feed it? When the real Africa looks like this. And I've seen it with my eyes. to tell you something about Congo, right? And the uh, and Zambia, those are one of the most expensive places to live in. You think New York is bad? I would say it equates to that. So, obviously for those of you listening on the podcast, you're listening to some cool music. I'm just going to blow your mind here. We're going country through country in Africa where people see skyscrapers, roads paved, lights everywhere, amazing structures. Shit you don't see. You just think people are running around in, you know, loin cloths. That's not real. Thank you. 
a lot of you just saw Kenya and thought, wait a minute, Barack Hussein Obama didn't show us that when he supposedly went to his home. He took everyone to a rundown hut. Let's, let's not look at what is really there. See, you know, I don't, I don't mean to sound condescending at all. And if it comes across like that, I'm sorry. You know, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that you've been lied to forever. And you have to think as we're going through all these countries, because there's so many there, so many countries, right? You have to think to yourself, I can only see what they allow me to see. I can only hear what they allow me to hear. And I can only read what they allow me to read. Again, this is the greatest deception. This is where you wake up. Think about it. How the heck? Does Kenya have those amazing skyscrapers and they got people in huts with no internet, no running water? Because they want it like that. Why is the question. So this is the introductory, even though it's kind of heavy, episode to Africa. Then you'll understand why they have all these NGOs there, why Dorsey's there, why everyone is going to Cape. I mean, why South Africa, of all places, the tip, 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 like we saw in that map, the tip, tip, tip. That used to be Libya, okay? Used to be. We trashed it. Look at all those huts, right? Mauritius. 
Look at all those huts, right? <laughs> Insane, isn't it? Amazing structures. Now, I got a funny story about Nigeria. Hold on, I got to tell you this. So, when in, um, in 2001, uh, wait, for, well, the first time I went was 1999, um, and it was like for two days. But in 2001, I went back to Nigeria with a friend of mine that was Nigerian, the most beautiful man you have ever seen. I, I, I say it like, and he's your typical African, like the attitude and the way he talks. He had blue eyes. You know, he was, uh, you know, brown light, light. Uh, he taught me Ibu. So sometimes when I run into Africans, I know some of the dialects and they just like panic. Oh my gosh. Did you just say that? Um, you know, they'll, they'll say, how are you? And I'll say, which means, yeah, you know, I'm good. I'm cool. When I went to Nigeria the first time, I expected to see rundown huts. Now you, you'll see those in the outskirts where it's not developed. Kind of like how we have ghettos in our areas. Every other city does too. And those specific ghettos are not funded at all. We fund the crap out of our ghettos and they still look like crap. But obviously they don't have tin cans holding houses up and stuff. Um, because we wouldn't accept it because we, we are piped into the internet. And we have electricity everywhere. Therefore, there is no dark corner. It's at one point where it just stops and you're just like, why aren't you working out that way? Yeah, so we're not going to do that. Why not? Internet stops and it doesn't go further, right? Doesn't go further. So why is it? The same thing in, in, in Saudi Arabia, you'll see it. In Qatar, you'll see it everywhere. There's going to be this magnificent city and then there's like slums. Right, right on the outskirts of it. And then from the slums, you get into the non-developed areas at all. And this happens around the world. Why isn't it happening in America? People are like, where are the animals? Come on, man. Where are the animals for us? We house them at Yellowstone Park because they're internet there. You know, we have them in parks and reservations and farms, right? We've populated our portion of a nation. They haven't. And they're worried about overpopulation. They haven't. Oh, well, you know, people can't live in the desert. Then what the fuck is Arizona? Nevada. Oh, we're going to disrupt the... How are you going to disrupt it? You can put a man on the moon, but you can't pipe water through the Sahara. Shut up. You can fly shit to Mars and terraform it, but you can't get water into the Saharan? Come on. See, this is the biggest trick. The deception... Is beyond anything. Now you're going to be like, what does Africa have to do with our politics? It has everything to do with our politics. You'll see. Because it all starts from the tip. Just like that map showed. Just like I showed you from the tip all the way across, up through the Middle East and Europe, up through the top, up through Russia, down to the United States, through Central America, through South America, and repeat. It's insane. You're watching this and you're like, stop, stop. This is Nigeria. They're sending me emails about being a prince and shit, asking me for billions of dollars if I give them 16,000. 
This is Nigeria, the poverty. They choose. Wait, do they choose? We'll watch a video on that. Okay, before you see Rwanda. Now, Albite, most of these buildings are technologically advanced. They've got internet, they've got power. And as you can see, a lot of these um, images are from a few years ago. So they're well more developed, like for sure, Rwanda looks, I know exactly this street and I'm telling you, it's a lot more developed. You could see the cranes, that building's done. I mean, the stuff that they've erected is crazy. I think this is the country that um, Macron is co-prince of. I think. I don't remember correctly. I think. Well, we know the nightclubs in Sahels, right? <laughs> Old pictures. Old. This is breathtaking. Wait, what's that? Did you know about that? I'm so pleased that they put this in here. So in Tunisia, did you know about this? Look at it. Kind of looks like a Coliseum. Big hut. Now let's go to Uganda. Damn, are those hut skyscrapers? Zambia. It's expensive there. Isn't that gorgeous though?
They have better buildings in Greece and Spain. How interesting was that? So everything that you've been told is a lie. Everything that you've been told is a lie. Everything. So the question you should ask yourself is why? Why are they doing this? In 2020, in 2020, there were questions, right? There were questions. Infectious disease bill that was running. Oh, check this out. Uh, you need to see what the Africans are starting to wake up to because that's what we need. So for all you BLM clowns out there, how are you okay if Black Lives Matter when you're funding the people that are killing black lives, testing shit on black lives? And guess what? It's their leaders that are doing it kind of like when slaves were being sold, it was by their own people. This is what people need to see. The actual truth that the corporations have been running behind the scenes. Take a look at this. The ad hoc committee of the House of Representatives is continuing its investigation despite an alleged lawsuit which the committee says it is yet to receive. To set up an internal investigative inquiry. The committee is investigating an allegation that the House of Representatives had received $10 million to pass the controversial infectious diseases bill. We will leave no stone unturned in digging out this allegation to confirm whether there are moles amongst the members in the National Assembly. The allegation, which was said to have been made by the spokesperson of the Coalition of United Political Parties, puts the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation at the given end. The foundation has not offered any financial incentives to any member of the Nigerian legislative branch for the passage of the legislation, nor has it offered... Huh. So here they are investigating $10 million being funneled across the legislators to push an infectious disease legislation. I mean, it's kind of like an emoluments clause, right? Or it's kind of like bribery. It's kind of like the shit that we're going to get Biden's administration with. But I wanted to pull attention to the bottom of this, you know, news report where it says China's Xi to address the WHO Health Assembly. This is May 2020. Ah, oh, man, didn't the CCP already mess shit up? And the thing is, what is the most active continent the Chinese are in, aside from their Asian continent, because they're, they're, the country's there? Do you know where it is? It's in freaking Africa. Do you know who gets the most slaves from Africa? Yeah, that's right, the Chinese. Do you know how they took over and control the internet, mobile telecommunications, supermarkets in South Africa? It's the Chinese. It's the Chinese. It's the Chinese. It's the Chinese. I think the world needs to wake up to see what Africa really is. I mean, most of you didn't know how massive it is. And yet we're talking about overpopulation when it could be 10 square miles. They've got a city in one square miles and they're crying about overpopulation when they haven't developed, water piped, electricity connected, internet connected, sewage connected, the rest of the nine. Like, what are you doing? What are you crying for? How did you exhaust everything? Any grant to organization in Nigeria in connection with the same. The committee has also invited the media houses who published the story. We got this press release via our mail. It was sent to us. We stopped it in the print 
But how it got into the online is subject to internal investigation by Vanguard itself. And we will get to the root of it. Oh, so they stopped the publication of the article, but somehow it got online and they need to find out who told. For lawmakers are displeased so the CUPP spokesperson is absent and instead sends his lawyer. The person who alleged this allegation, who started this crisis, refused to come before this committee to testify, to prove his allegations. In my view, I think the committee should not allow appearance of this individual because he was not invited. CUPP and their representative, their spokesman, Barista Ikenga, was invited. They failed to appear. We are giving them one more chance to reach this committee. Lawyer to the CUPP spokesman defends the absence of his client. Whatever they are doing up till now is null and void because there is a suit they have been served. You know the committee is not a juridical person, so we cannot serve the committee. We can only serve the National Assembly. We can serve the Speaker. They have been served. So for the committee to continue sitting, even when they are aware, they are on a frolic of their own. Did you hear what he said? Why should he come? You guys have been served the lawsuit. We want to see. We want discovery. That's what the lawyer said. So them sitting there and talking about it is obsolete. They've been served. Committee insists that it will continue its investigation while denying that it has not been served any court papers. Okay, the CUPP, however, maintains that the House of Representatives cannot be a judge in its own case. Terry Ikumi, Channels Television News. Huh. So you think Just America's a shit show? Look at that. They've been served. They got caught and they're playing stupid. Got caught and playing stupid. Now let's go back to this overpopulation shit. Let's just talk about real population. Before we do that, let's just take a hiatus and take a look at how Italians are protesting. And this is just for those of you on the podcast, you'll just hear a little bit of nothing and cheering or marching. But Venetians, right? have started to march against depopulation as population hits historic low. Yep, that's what's up. If you actually look at the numbers statistically, the population is not sustainable at the rate of growth that we're having. In the United States, we are being underpopulated. Now, this was an argument by bringing migrants from Islam nations that they would replace every single American, which is... Nobody cares. If they come, they come. But that's it. The 12th of November, they did this. Oggi, i veneziani stanno manifestando il loro diritto sacrosanto di vivere nella loro città perché Venezia si sta scopolando da anni e nessuno riesce ad arginare questo fenomeno ormai preoccupante perché tra 20 e 30 anni a questi ritmi so they're upset. Here's Italians protesting that, you know, their population rates are going down and their import rates are going up. And they want to know what's up. I mean, why is this happening? This is how you get rid of people, but you can also get rid of them by giving them botched vaccinations. You know, kind of like the new round of vaccines that they gave out to Western Africa, right? That, you know, was for control of virus and now everybody's got Ebola, right? 
Some children did survive the botched vaccinations last month and will recover, but 15, all under the age of five, died from fever, vomiting, and diarrhea. This is really, this tragic event is as big as that what we, what we have seen. The inoculations took place in a remote village nearly 300 kilometers east of the capital, Juba. The contaminated vaccine caused sepsis. You mean they went to the slums where they have no internet and running water, as you can see. 300 kilometers. How far is that? How far is that, you guys? 300 kilometers. How far is that? That's pretty far from the capital, from society, from the internet, from electricity, from water. They went there and they killed their children testing new shit out. A blood infection. Human errors contributed to the unfortunate deaths of the children. And namely, the use of unskilled and untrained personnel. Among those administering the vaccine to 300 children was a 12-year-old, and the same syringe was used repeatedly for four days. Syringes are not meant to be reused. In their initial findings, investigators say that's what contaminated the measles vaccine, which killed the children. A commission set up by South Sudan's government the World Health Organization and UNICEF is also looking at other problems. The vaccine. So they gave people syringes in a village where, you know, they'll go and get a vaccine because they get free clothes or chocolate or something they're not entitled to. And a 12-year-old who probably one of the more uh, beneficial families, this is how it works, this is exactly how it works, went out there with her mom and dad to distribute and they kept some of that stuff because they could sell it on the black market and have more. So whatever they're telling you is a lie. They're just making up stories. Yeah, this is why they died. No, they died because you were experimenting on them. And that's what happens all the time. And sometimes we get new strains of Ebola, new strains of control of virus. Like I said, South Africa, woo, Miami, woo, Seattle. See, this is all coming into focus. And I guess I'll take the cues that I get. And after seeing Millie putting up that you know, Gates video about overpopulation and using vaccines. It's a big deal. People need to understand what Africa really is because it's all lies, lies, and more lies. Things were stored in a building with no cold chain facilities for four days. This means that the vaccines were not maintained at the recommended temperature. The vaccination campaign was organized after a measles outbreak killed 70 children earlier this year. A shortage of doctors and an ongoing civil war are being cited as two reasons why the world's youngest nation is unable to deliver adequate and effective health care. Paul Chadurji on Al Jazeera. And there's that nice lady that's volunteered her time watching a baby with flies on it, seeing a big populated city but also seeing that no one is actually piping the place with water, electricity, or internet because they feel like it, right? Now, let's take a trip around the world in three minutes and see population and size of nations and continents. Maps World brings world continents and its facts. World has seven continents. North America continent. It has major languages like English, Spanish and French. This continent surrounded by Arctic Ocean, Atlantic Ocean, Caribbean Sea and Pacific Ocean. Comprising 23 countries, the continent has a population of 574 million. It covers an area of 9 million square miles and a total landmass of 16.50%. 
30.4, well, not million square miles, kilometers, square kilometers. So let's go with the 9 million. So remember this, the whole continent of North America is 9 million square miles. And its total land mass of the planet is 16.5%. Whole continent, that includes Mexico, Central America, that's what they've counted, right, as you can see, in Canada and Greenland, which is part of Denmark. That is all considered, oh, and Saint-Pierre and Michelin of France, Hawaii, you know, the Caribbean, all of that is considered North America. 16.5% of the world mass. South America continent. It has major languages like Portuguese and Spanish. This continent surrounded by Atlantic Ocean and Pacific Ocean, comprising 12 countries. The continent has a population of 418 million. It covers an area of 6 million square miles and... Okay, so 6 million square miles, their land mass is 12%. They have 418 million, but and they're only comprised of 12 nations, right? Yet the United States of America, Canada, Mexico, combined Central America, the Caribbean, and Greenland have 574 million, and they have 418 million, 12 nations. So 418 million in 12 nations in 12% landmass. And in the United States, well, North America, they have 16.5% uh, landmass, and they've got 574 million. I just want you to look at ratios, okay? A total landmass of 12.0%. Europe continent. It has major languages like German, English, French, Spanish, and Italian. This continent surrounded by Arctic Ocean, Black Sea, Mediterranean Sea, and Atlantic Ocean. Comprising 49 countries, the continent has a population of 738 million. It covers an area of 3 million square miles and a total land. So again, it's got a third of the land mass of the United States and has 738 million uh, people living there and the, the, the European continent, right? And again, comparing that to the U.S. that has 574 million with 9 million square miles. This one is only 3 million square miles and they have 250 million more people with 10% less landmass. Landmass of six. That would mean that those nations are not sustainable on their own, meaning that they don't have a lot of farmland, a lot of rural, you know, a lot of um, uh, open land to be able to cultivate, right? This is, this is quite important, right? You need cultivation, you know, in order to strive, you need to have vegetables, you need to have your, your farms, right? So this is, they've got six, they've got three square, three million square miles. So that means that they depend on other places for these things, right? Africa continent, major languages like English, French, Arabic, and Swahili. This continent surrounded by Mediterranean Sea, Red Sea, Indian Ocean, and Atlantic Ocean. Comprising 54 countries, the continent has a population of 1,186 million. It covers an area of 11 million square miles and a total land. So think about this for a second. It's telling you that it's 11 million square miles. How wrong is that? If the United States is nine square million miles, so we've got the United States can fit in there, 
China can fit in there and India can fit in there. Well, North America, the whole continent can fit into Africa and there's still three square miles. So you can fit the continent in essence of all of North America, which includes Central America, Greenland, Mexico, Canada, the United States, and all of Europe with part of the Russian Federation into Africa. So those two continents can fit into this one continent. I want you guys to think about that for a second. Nine million square miles is North America. Three million square miles is Europe. You could take both of them and stick them into Africa. Do you see that? Because nine plus three is, well, it's 12. But roughly if we cut out, shave off the Russian Federation a little bit, we got it. Right? So how insane is that? Did you ever think it was that big? And their population weight is 1,186 million. So we're going into the billions. Look at Asia. Asia has a land mass. Let me go to Asia. Asia has 48 nations. It has a land mass of 29.5%, right? 29.5 Asia. And it includes all of Russia in this one, even though they gave some of it to Europe, which is so weird. They have an area of 16 million square miles. All of Asia is almost the size of Africa. That would include all of Russia, all of China, all of India, the Middle East, Kazakhstan, Pakistan, Turkey, right? All of the Russian Federation, right? So all of these, you know... I guess we have to shave off what? Let's just shave off Indonesia and, I don't know, Turkey and maybe Japan. That that all fits into, into Africa. 29.5%, whereas Africa makes up 20% of the land mass, right? And they've got 4.3 billion, 4.3 billion people. And Africa has 1.1 billion. And they've got practically the U.S., and Europe makes up the African continent, right? The U.S. has 573 million, and Europe has 700 somewhat million. Let's just scroll back and see. Just 574 million for all of North America, not the United States, all of North America. That includes Greenland and Central America. And then Europe has 738, so seven, five, 12 million, right? Uh, 12, 1.2 billion. And Africa has 1.1 billion. So they're underpopulated, according to them, with um, the ability to fit both those continents in here. It doesn't add up, does it? But as you can see, the sheer size of it is insane. Let's look at Antarctica, what they had to say. The population is 4,000 people. <laughs> 4,490 people. Hercules' dome is at the center. Hmm. Quite interesting, isn't it? And the landmass is 9.20. It has an area of 5 million. You mean it's bigger than Europe? That's 3 million square miles? Antarctica is 5 million square miles? More curious shit to think about. So again, you only see what they are allowing you to see. You're not allowed to know the truth. You're not allowed to see anything. You're not allowed to know anything. What you have to do is just listen 
to your overlords, the corporations that tell you what is real and don't challenge them. How dare you? They know best. Here is a report from 2014 talking about the insane population boom in Africa and their, the challenges of it. Such big challenges. This is Al Jazeera reporting seven years ago on this matter. It's quite fascinating if you pay attention to what they're really saying. Ugandan baby takes her first breaths. Today, she just wants to be held and fed. But along with tens of thousands of babies born in Africa every day, in the coming years, she's going to want an education and then a job. Africa's youth population is booming. And so across the continent, people are wondering what the future will bring. The first thing that these people are going to be looking for will be jobs. So what they need to do is actually focus on going to school first, like getting their degrees and diplomas and certificates in order to get like proper jobs. I think governments need to like build more industries so that there can be more job opportunities in urban areas. The United Nations projects that by the end of the century, four out of ten people will be African. It says even by 2050, around 41% of the world's births will be in Africa. And most of those will be in Nigeria, where it will account for almost one-tenth of the world's births. Its most popular city, Lagos, is already the largest in the continent. Hey guys, do you see Lagos? We saw Lagos before, didn't we? You saw it, La Lagos. You saw it, where you saw the nice skyscrapers. What are they showing you? Did you see that? Did you see how they're showing you Nigeria? This is what they're showing you. Pay attention to the PSYOP. This is, this is the city, right? Its most popular city, Lagos, is already the largest in the continent. And more than a third of young adults living there are unemployed. In March, tens of thousands attended a mass recruitment in a stadium for a handful of government jobs. It ended in a stampede and seven people were killed. But the Hunger Games fighting for these. These are the outskirts of Nigeria. UN Children's Fund says Africa's... I mean, Lagos, Lagos, whatever you want to call it, however you want to pronounce it. It's, it's nuts. This boom could lead to huge economic growth and prosperity if governments invest now in education, healthcare, and creating more jobs. We are optimistic about Africa's future, but only if those investments are made and if those investments start to be made now because it will take for many of those investments possibly a generation for them to uh, be fruitful but unless that happens the Af look at the city behind it doesn't look like the shit that they were showing you is it because very young children now in 20 years time when they're beginning to enter the labor force may face a very uncertain future and so the future for the continent's millions of babies hangs in the balance it's the decisions of the leaders today that will determine their chance to succeed tomorrow. Malcolm Webb, Al Jazeera. So they're not funding these nations and their leaders aren't funding them. They're extremely rich. They are massively rich. So you have to ask yourself, what's going on here? Why is this happening? Well, there was a conversation with Pro-Life Weekly where they're talking about abortion and how they're shoving it down everybody's throat in Africa and how aid groups are pushing contraception and things like that. Why are they trying to curb their ability to have children? Oh, because you're in poverty, right? Um, you need a job and there's no jobs and you're in poverty. So what you need to do is you need to um, not have babies. You used to have a lot of babies because you wanted to survive. 
don't worry. We'll give them health where they can survive and we'll make sure they can't have kids either. You know, this whole sterility thing. That's why they're against it. Because now they're seeing that the children from 20 years ago that were provided the vaccines from those more beneficial families, those considered middle class that are in between the slums in the city, right, with their nice homes. Well, they can't have kids now. They're having problems with having kids. So this is getting them even more pissed off as to what's happening. Now, listen to this report. Because Africans aren't stupid. I mean, you remember the pawpaw fruit, right? Stay on the global front with our next guest and take a closer look at abortion propaganda, specifically in Africa. As Africa has struggled with a number of socioeconomic problems, many wealthy donors from Western nations have assumed the role as helper. But in a new book, one Catholic woman native to Nigeria says these donations are often attached to sexual liberation ideology and used to push views on contraception, population control, and abortion into the continent. Obianuju Ekiocha is founder of Culture of Life Africa and author of a new book, Target Africa, Ideological Neocolonialism in the 21st Century. Uju, it's so good oh, to speak with you again. Thank you. thank you for having me on, Catherine. It's always exciting to be here. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. First things first, what is ideological neocolonialism. Right. Can you give us an example of that? It's a mouthful, but it's, a, it's actually it's a phenomenon that has been happening uh, for a few good decades now, but no one has actually put a term to it or a name to it. But recently, Pope Francis has spoken about it at a number of engagements, particularly when he was at the General Assembly at the United Nations a few years ago here in America. And it is uh, actually something that that explains or describes this relationship between Western countries and uh, developing countries, particularly mm -hmm. African countries, in you know, within, with my own interests. Mm -hmm. So, whereby the Western countries are in this position where they are providing aid, they are providing help or funding, but then within that relationship, that imbalanced relationship, that power imbalance, the Western countries. Uh, or the Western owners are then dictating their own ideals, their own ideas and ideologies. And for our viewers, just so they know, you were born and raised in Nigeria. I was, yes. There's a line in your book, Uju, that really struck me. Right. How does practically sterilizing the poorest women in the world give them control over famine, drought, disease, and poverty? It does not make them more educated or more employable. Right. So this is, this is, of course, something I feel very strongly about, but it's also very true, mm -hmm. right? That in recent times, in these last couple of years, we have seen a lot of so-called family planning projects. Mm -hmm. We have seen people bringing in contraceptives into African countries. We have seen, you know, Western donors pushing African leaders to uh, expand, you know, their, their contraception projects within mm -hmm. their own country, thereby, you know, pushing population control in their own way. There are women who don't have children in African countries, but who also don't have jobs, who also don't have, uh, you know, who also don't have, uh, you know, the world the, without, the, they don't have food, they don't have access to water, they still don't have access to basic needs. So the contraception at the end of the day does not do any of those things. What makes a real difference, what helps people escape the clutches of poverty is always education. So, okay, so let's just stop for a second right here before we watch the rest of it. First of all, this woman's a hero. She's speaking up. And I am going to refer to a show that I did a while back. And I'm sure, um, you know, Jackson does these um, deltas, like plays my shows. It may come up. But I had told you guys what the plan is, right? Plan is hunger wars. That's what's up. Hunger wars. I've been talking about 
um, Katniss and the do-do-do, right? <laughs> I always forget the Hunger Games. There we go. They wanted to eradicate Africans from the get-go. We saw that being pushed within the United States as well with uh, Sanger trying to get, you know, black women to not have babies. You know, we brought these slaves over. Now we need to control them. We don't need them integrating with us. We just need to kill them off. It's exactly what they're doing in Africa because Africa is the dark continent and not in skin color, but in power, electricity, and water. And that's done for a purpose. And as you can see, many major corporations, that includes Interpol and the United Nations, have now shifted their focus to Africa. They moved down to Africa. And the whole, whole reason is, and this is why I get pissed off when it matter, fuck that. You don't care about black lives because if you did, you'd notice that they're killing them off in Africa. And they're just going to wait for it to taper off after a couple generations and get them done. In the meantime, they were experimenting on how to kill them off or how to stop them or how to genetically modify things to ensure that they don't repopulate or overpopulate because they're cramping their style. They need a place that manufactures, a place that they can farm, a place where they can mine, and then a place that is their playground. They have chosen where the center of this great new authority is going to be, and I've already told you, it's now called Nur Sultan. This is why the EC, the European Council, holds their annual meetings there. This is why your senators and congresspeople always visit Kazakhstan in the night, in the dark. This is very important, and this is why YouTube knocked my Kazakhstan episode, had me remove the episode, right? Because the guy that was showing us a city with a million people had zero people in focus. That salty-ass guy. You guys can go see his video. It's still playing, but there's no people in the background. How the heck do you have a city with a million people and not have a person in any of your videos as you're giving us a tour? We need to start paying attention more to understand what the real war is. The war in America is simply us going along with the plan, and we refuse it. We believe in freedom. We believe in the innate right to live as you wish. We believe in love and unconditional love. We believe in competition. We believe in individuality. We believe that we are all united, but we can fairly compete and uphold whatever culture makes us feel comfortable, whatever religion makes us feel comfortable. We believe that. And if the United States doesn't comply, everything fails because the brainchild came as the ink was still wet on that Declaration of Independence. They already knew what their plan was. And it's out with the old gods, in with the new. And you saw that with Harry and Meghan Merkel. And access to, you know, to, to good food, good water, good health care system. Mm. So the basic needs and amenities, and that's not what our donors are bringing to us. Not like the contraception and abortion you're seeing being pushed by these groups claiming to bring aid yeah. to Africa. So their aid to Africa is not like, yo, let's hook you up. We'll give you some power. We'll give you some internet. Maybe we'll plumb you up so you can have a toilet rather than go out back and wipe yourself with grass. Maybe we'll give you windows. You know, basic shit you have. No. Instead, we're just going to give you contraceptive pills and vaccines. That's all you get. You don't need clean water. You don't need electricity. You don't need 
Windows. Who do you think you are? We're giving you contraceptives and vaccines. Take it or leave it. And you go through some talking points that I'd like to just bust right here while you're here. Yes. Talking points that we hear often from these groups. First one first. Contraception is the key to unlocking the economic potential of the African woman. Yeah, just alluded to that now. So you give a contraceptive device or contraceptive drugs to uh, an African woman, it's not going to change her situation. It's not going to bring her automatically out of poverty. What will bring her out of poverty if, she, if she's able to get into school, if she's able to get to a nursing school, uh, you know, an engineering school, a university, mm -hmm. that's actually when she gets everything she needs in life to, to rise out of poverty. Let's go to another talking point. Legal abortion will reduce the maternal mortality in Africa. Actually, there is no evidence of that. So there are African countries uh, that, a few African countries that actually have legalized abortion. Mm -hmm. And one I always like to cite there as example is South Africa. South mm -hmm. Africa has uh, legal, legalized abortion 20 years ago, but there are actually countries within Africa, there, is, there are countries like Egypt uh, that don't have legal abortion, mm. but have actually much lower maternal mortality rate than wow. South Africa. I mean, wow. much lower, I think it's something like 67 uh, per 100,000, while South Africa is in the 300 per 100,000. So the difference is clear. So the difference, uh, it, what makes a difference in maternal mortality rate is not abortion, it is not even contraception, but it's actually basic uh, antenatal and prenatal care for women who are pregnant. So access to, to doctors during pregnancy, access to, to people who would help them with professional uh, delivery, uh, access to blood transfusion services for cases of bleeding, access to good obstetric care. These are the things that actually make the difference. Well, thank you for sharing that message with all of us. Obianuju Ekiocha, the book is Target Africa. Again, thanks for being here. Thank you, Catherine. It is Target Africa. That's what they're doing. And they targeted our our children, you know, they targeted our children. They've targeted our people. They have been pushing these ideologies as, oh, this is how I, you know, have control over my body. I can sleep with whoever I want and kill babies. We're not making enough babies. You just need to look at the statistics of survival. We're gone. It's done. The trends are downward. So I wanted to introduce you guys to Africa and see Africa differently. Because we've been fed so much from those, you know, hands across America. Where'd that money go, man? Why don't they have electricity yet? Why don't they have water? Oh, look, Oprah made a school. For what? Kids going home to no water, no jobs, no manufacturing companies, no mining companies. No, nothing. Oh, well, they can migrate. Is that the answer? Why? Africans can make Africa amazing amazing they can invest in their own nation and become so powerful but somebody doesn't want him to do that somebody wants to keep the sahara sahara somebody wants to keep everything the way it is a lot of people say what about lions tigers and bears they're called reservations they've already sequestered these <laughs> i mean where else are they going to experiment new viruses new vaccines new ways to silence genes New ways to create AI. Musk wasn't the only one that came up with the idea of Neuralink. Jeffrey Epstein made the crimes against humanity that happened under Ted Rose when he was health secretary in Ethiopia are ridiculous. 15 years, we're talking 90s, 
a little bit, yeah, 90s and thousands in the 2000s, 15 years. These clowns from MIT and Harvard and Oxford and Cambridge and big corporations pouncing on Africans that are left in the dark on purpose, that are left to fend for their lives in the dark. They're fighting a war they can't even see. And remember when Obama went to Kenya and he showed you a hut? Did you see Kenya looking like huts? Because, you know, I could show you an America that has buses where people live in and then what? So then you think all of America has people living in buses in the Appalachians? Same. Or trailer parks that are run down? Same. Everywhere across the nation, it's not. So again, you only know what they tell you. You only see what they allow you to see. That's censorship. So while you're claiming that we're being censored now, now it's just blatant. Now they just don't care if you see it. Now they're just like, what are you going to do about it? We've been doing it. What are you going to do about it? Guess what? You can't do anything if you're sitting at home and waiting for someone to save you. You've got to fix it. And that's what's great. We're fixing it. And it was President Trump that did that. President Trump that showed us what our great American destiny is. President Trump tried to clear the air of this land of confusion that we are in. See you tomorrow, guys. And for those of you on Twitch, we're raiding Steph today, right? It's our hump day dance party. God bless. I must have dreamed a thousand dreams Been haunted by a million screams But I can hear the marching feet Moving into the street Now did you read the news today? They say the danger's gone away